the most action-packed content from the top mobile experts. This is the App Masters Podcast with Steve P. Young. Want to know what your competitors are up to? Serving as an essential ad and marketing intelligence platform, Social Peta covers advertising data from over 80 global ad networks across 70 countries and regions. And they have more than 300 enterprise clients. You might have heard of a few, including Google, Tencent Games, NetEase Games, and so much more. Learn more by visiting socialpeta.com. That's socialpeta.com. Want to boost your mobile app's search visibility on Google Play and the iOS App Store? Well, you can find hundreds of the most relevant and popular keywords for your app in just one minute. And you can create effective metadata with ASO Mobile. Check them out at asomobile.net. What is up, App Nation? It is Steve P. Young, founder of AppMasters.com. You know, the YouTube channel, the podcast that you go to when you want action-packed content related to helping you grow your app downloads and your revenues. Last week we were in Maui, but I'm back in my normal home studio. Super excited to do this one. You know, what I feel these days is downloads are getting harder and harder. You know, you can't just rely on ASO. You need some paid marketing. But there's this thing called referral marketing where you can get sort of free downloads. You can get the best type of downloads. It's referral, means somebody who likes your product and then who's sharing with somebody that they know and love. And so the person that's learning about your app is actually coming from a trusted source, right? And so those make this that the best types of downloads and type, best types of users. But how do we do that properly? And so I brought on today's guest to talk all about how he's been able to do that with his app. It is called Flora. It's a plant identification and care app. You got to go check it out. And I've got it in here as well. But without further ado, Abesh Day, he is the founder of FloraSense. Go to florasense.com or just search for Flora within the app store. It's the plant identification one, not the focus. Great to be here. Abesh, welcome, man. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, great to be here, man. Thanks for, uh, thanks for having me on. Excited to be here. You know, I already have a comment here from Adrian that said, Hooray, I have a sick plant at home I need help with, too. How about Flora? Have I got the app for you? Yeah. <laughs> this is sort of why you started Flora, right? It is. It is. So Flora started about a year and a half to two years ago. I've killed every single plant in my <laughs> life. Uh, Adrian, I'm with you. Sick plants was basically my moniker. And the last straw was when my mom gave me her prized jasmine plant that she had for years and I ended up killing it in like eight days. I, I was tired and sick of it. I was looking for solutions like any entrepreneur was. And what I found was that the apps that were out there were really just focused on plant ID and identification, didn't do a good job of really bringing in a newbie or a, a total beginner to the process and handholding them through you know, this new hobby of, of plant care and houseplants. And the other thing that was missing was there wasn't really any sort of device that helped you kind of monitor your plants like there wasn't a fitbit for your your plants that i could you know find on amazon or google um so i kind of created my own i macgyvered my own little sensor that would tell me moisture and light and humidity so on the main website you'll kind of see this cool little device that's actually coming up in just six weeks here we've been hard at work for over two years working on that but the other you know the main priority and the main thing behind all this is the software it's the app 
that takes the guesswork out of plant care entirely. So flora is also a plant identifier, but what we do really well is bring it all home together with a beautiful community of plant parents so you can share your updates, your growth uh, pictures. And we also take the guesswork out by giving you really specific advice tailored to your exact plant species, your pot size, your microclimate, um, you know, your type of soil. So we bring plant science into the picture, but, you know, our our main mantra is, is simplifying plant care and simplifying this hobby so that people that are getting into plants, especially over the last two years, as we've seen a surge of people getting into houseplants, um, yeah. to make it as easy as possible for them. Um, so Adrian, yeah, definitely download the app. Hopefully we can help you take care of the sick plant that you got there in your home. I love the community aspect of it of the app too, and how you can interact and share photos within the app too of your plants. So I really love that. But I bet you let's start from the very beginning, because I think with referral marketing, you know, you've you figured out the, some things, but I always feel like, number one, you're going to have to have some users with referral marketing, right? Like there's no point. Yep. So talk to me about how you ended up launching it and you were able to get those initial users. Yeah. So it was very boots on the ground at first. So we launched in July and before that we had just friends and family kind of beta testing. So Obviously, the easiest you know, source to get your first couple of users is bothering your closest friends, your closest family to really power test. Um, but we, what we unlocked in, in terms of, I'd say, a goldmine was Facebook groups. So whether most plant apps will have like a community or some sense of, you know, people that are, you know, in that perfect segment or market that you're really um, aiming your app for. And for us, it was plant parents. It was anyone interested in gardening, houseplants, plant care in general. And so when you look on Facebook, if you actually look up Facebook groups for like plants, you'll find that there's dozens and dozens of Facebook groups, some that even have multiple Facebook groups just for one city. And what I ended up doing was just like messaging and posting on those Facebook groups, basically saying, hey, my team and I and myself, like it, it was true, it was just me and a few other people uh, were building this cool device and this app that really makes it easy to take care of your plants. Like I got tired and sick of killing my plants. Do you guys want to help out? And man, the response was overwhelming, man. We had dozens and dozens of DMs and replies on a daily basis of people being like, yep, killing my plants. And mind you, th these are in Facebook groups where people are like hosting over 60, maybe 100, 120 different types of plants. Um, and so it's a problem that everyone has. It doesn't matter if you have one house plant that you're taking care of that's dying in your home, or if you have over 50, like there's a good chance that, you know, you have a real need for you know saving your houseplants and taking care of them via you know better conditions for watering and light um so at the at the very beginning it was boots on the ground facebook group posting um it was pretending to live in different cities and that's where he kind of got into, into some trouble with some of these facebook groups like it was pretending that i was living in wyoming or south dakota and reaching out to these groups and, and trying to kind of hack my way into these you know communities and that's how we got our first couple of hundred users if not our first I, I would say our first 1500 users came from those fa Facebook groups and, you know, it was, it was free for the most part, right? It was just a couple hours of our time and, and it was basically working off of like a Google sheet and spreadsheet of here's the communities we're going after. Here's what's working well for us. Um, but that gave us like that platform of really building our, you know, review base, building our first couple of power users, building the foundation for, Hey, what's working, what's not. And then from there, and we can chat about this, you know, at a different point, but it was really doubling down on, you know, Apple search, ASO, Google search. And then eventually a few months after that is when we tapped into referral marketing. Once we had a good idea of what our community really wanted in terms of incentives um, to refer the app in the first place. 
Oh, I like it. And then with the Facebook groups, the was it just like you? Oh, I'm sorry. Here's what I want to ask. Did you yeah. have the app launch yet when you were in the Facebook groups? It wasn't live. So everything okay. was on test flight that. at that point. Yeah, it was yeah. private links. I think that made it better, honestly, because I feel like people felt like they were part of like this cool kind of, you know, like private project. Like we were literally sending private test flight links to these people. Oh, I think Jenny wants to say hi. She's loving the nature. She's, uh, <laughs> she's a big yeah, plant fan as well. Right, Jenny? <laughs> she's loving it out here, man. Love it. Awesome. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a lot of like private test flight links, like bringing people um, and that, that has its nuances and, and struggles too. Cause you know, you have these people that have no idea what this link is and no idea what test flight is. Mm-hmm. Um, but they trusted us. And the fact that, you know, we had such a wholesome user-based community of people that are plant parents and people that love nature, it, it made it easier as, as part of the process too. I, like I think we talked about this, but Joe asked, Abesh, what was your technique in acquiring users within the actual Facebook groups? It's just like, yeah. Go ahead. I, I think what worked really well for us, and I'm happy to, I'm definitely happy to follow up with the exact message too, because we essentially posted a picture of our first prototype. So the sensor really helped. I think posting a picture or any type of content goes a really long way. So having a picture that draws attention, um, you know, because you're going to try to get through the clutter of all the other posts, right? So anything in terms of a video, uh, even a picture of your app really helps. And it was keeping it to just one paragraph. I knew I had maybe three to four, maybe five sentences to really grab people's attention. Um, so the first sentence was the most important. I think we started out by saying something like, hey, like who else here is sick and tired of killing their plants, right? Very specific, solution-oriented. It targets like that specific community. It's not like I'm just posting, you know, across Facebook. Um, it was, it, it made sense in terms of the messaging for that Facebook group. And then the rest of it was basically saying, hey, we're building this device that takes the guesswork out of your plans. And I'm also building an app that makes it easier. I'm tired of like these other apps that, you know, charge all this money for just identification, all this stuff. And so I kept it very short, very brief. And, you know, some groups, it, it didn't really take off, but I, it's a numbers game. It's a quantity game. Once you have the post and the content down, it's just a matter of figuring out what Facebook groups really work for you. And sometimes we had to post multiple times. Like, you know, you really, it's, it's not a guaranteed shot right away. There were times where we get blocked, where there are times where our posts will get shut down. So your, you know, your organizational Google sheet or whatever is going to be your best friend during that time of, you know, say you start small with 10 Facebook groups with that same messaging. There's going to be a good chance that maybe half of those don't pan out. You might have to, you know, try again that next week. Um, so just keep tabs on in the Google sheet and just keep trying and trying. Cause for us, it took a couple of posts, but, it was really one or two that like just ignited to like mm. hundreds of comments and dozens of replies to where we really, you know, took off in terms of getting beta testers to through that channel. And then it was just them DMing you and saying, Hey, I want to be involved. And then you just go and interact, like you're yeah. collecting emails or anything like that. It was, so it was a conversion funnel in its own sense, right? Like there, you're going to have a certain percentage of people that reply a certain percentage of those comments that so here was the exact process we let's say a facebook group or a post really took off um a successful one for us was like anywhere over 50 comments right and that was enough for that for that facebook group's algorithm to like boost it at the top and so we get more and more comments we would reply to every single one so it was a lot of boots on the ground like we'd reply to every single message we tailor it um and then what we do is we'd ask those people like hey we're going to reach out with a dm and so I'd say 50% of those people in those comments, even if they were like, oh my God, yes, please, I want this DM me right away, 
only about 50% really would be open to like receiving DMs and actually click through to the test flight. So at the end of the day, maybe there was a 25 to 30% conversion rate of those people replying to comments on those Facebook group um, posts that actually made it to our app. But, you know, once you have a good idea of the numbers, it becomes a, number, a numbers game at the end of the day, right? You attack more Facebook groups, you post more, um, you do whatever you can to tweak the messaging a little bit. Um, but in terms of conversion rates, that was probably our, our most successful channel because, you know, it's, it's a super high conversion for just posting for free, right? We, we're not paying anyone. We're not paying for Facebook marketing in, in that channel. Um, and it's actually something we're gearing up to do all over again with Android. So, you know, I'm, I'm putting my money where my mouth is and, and we're going to redo the strategy all over with our Android launch uh, coming up in just a few weeks here. I love it. You're still going, you're still being scrappy despite the fact still that you're being live. Yeah, you got That's revenues right. coming in now. I love it. Man. That's right. Yeah. All right. I want to say hi to Joe. He just asked a question. Samuel's here. And the Espin, we're going to take a look at his app later on. Oh, yeah. Excited for that. Miguel says, hi, fam. So it's Fridays with App Masters for those who are new. Love That's it. what fam stands for. And then Noah's here. Basar, Rassi. All right. Yeah, so I want to fast forward a little bit and I want to hit on the ASO and the initial ASA strategies, but let's talk about that referral. So you said, Hey, we launched, we did yep. all these Facebook groups and then we did some ASO and ASA. And then once we figured out what the community really wanted, we did referral marketing. Talk to me about that. Yep. Yeah. And if you want to, I don't know if you have access to it right now, but if you want to pull up the app, I can kind of okay, walk yep, you through the logic um, too. Um, it should be live on our app right now. So if you've already got an account, if you go to your profile tab, that, that last tab on the right, yep, there it there is. Um, if you click on that little, uh, the orange icon in the top right with that, yep, here you go. And we should add a scroll view here. This is something we're adding mm -hmm. to our next, because uh, I know there's some clipping. But um, yeah, so what we did here was, I forget who we kind of based this off of. I know we went off another gamified app that we looked up to. It could have been, might have been like Headspace or, or Duolingo. We really look up to Duolingo, Duolingo for a lot of their design and, and gamification tactics. But the key thing here that we figured out was that, you know, our, our community of plant parents, something that we figured out that they really love is people love collecting plants. Even if you're a new person, like there's something to be said about having a plant that's like rare or different or just like, you know, has something special about it. And it wasn't until a couple of months into like this hobby, like I've got, I've got over 70 houseplants now and I started with like two or three. Um, it's crazy, man. It, it really becomes an addiction once, once you get into it, but you realize like, it's kind of like collecting instruments or any sort of like other collectors uh, kind of hobby where you've got some houseplants that are pretty rare and people in the community talk about like, it's almost like collecting Pokemon. Like it's, mm. it's something we're actually going to build into the app later, our idea of, kind of stealing the idea of a Pokedex and calling it a Floridex, but people like want to clear rare plants. And so we wanted to jump off of that idea for this referral idea was, Hey, like, what if we tie that into referrals to where, you know, the more you invite others and the more you actually engage in the app, the better chances you have of actually, you know, collecting a rare plant. And so we built in a rare giveaway like per month and it's uh -huh. really worked out for us. So the first, I think we launched it, fairly recently, like in February or so. Uh, the first month we had a couple of users testing it. it. It was enough to where we were like, oh, wow, like we, the referral links were sent like over a hundred times. In March, I'm pretty sure we had more than 600 invites sent. So like a 6X wow. increase. Um, and it's, you know, this month alone, I think we've already reached 400. Um, and it's, you know, the middle of the month. And so we're seeing like, it's one of those effects that builds up. The more users you get, 
uh, the more it builds up, but the more you actually increase retention and activity in your app, the more you pull like push people towards a section, you realize like, Hey, like people love a gamified version of referral links. It's not enough to just say, share our app. And like, you know, we'll like, you'll get points or whatever. Like we really thought through the aspect of, Hey, like if you sent like a referral, we want that to reflect in the screen. It should show like one referral sent in the future. What we're actually doing in our next release in about two weeks here is we're going to show like the average referral sent as well. So like, gamifying it to where people can see like, oh, Hey, on I average people, yeah, send like 2.3 referrals. So you're automatically geared to be like, Hey, like I want to send three or four to, to beat the average and increase my chances of winning a free month of Flora plus and $150 rare plant giveaway. Like it's a no brainer. Right. And so we wanted to make it as easy as possible for people to think like, Hey, like it is worth it for me to spend 10 seconds to send it to like, you know, my, my close people. So Right now it is, I'll, I'll admit, like there's still some things we got to iron out with like, you know, sending the referrals. Like if you look on here, I think it actually takes like a refresh of the app or like an hour or so for the collection to update. Uh, so it actually says like yeah. one or two referrals sent or whatever. So there's some glitchiness and bugs that we have to sort out with it. But even despite the fact that it's not fully fleshed out yet, like we've seen a phenomenal kind of return on, on building this out. And so my recommendation for whoever's like building out for like, a similar referral process is really think about how to connect with your core set of users. If you're like a sports app, like figure out like, is there like a certain, like, can I give away a sports, like, you know, merch, like giveaway in, in connection mm. with my app? Is there something you can do to actually live count the amount of like referrals you're sending out? Um, our entire platform, uh, most of it is based off of Firebase. And so, you know, we use Firebase dynamic links. We use a lot of Firebase like analytics and a lot of, you know, built in a Google analytics to actually track things like referral sent and whatnot to plug back into the app. Um, so it makes it easy for us to track all that and actually gamify it uh, a little bit further, but yeah, man, it's, it's been super popular so far and something we are just going to keep building out. I, I love it. And I, I love that it's, it wasn't just like we're giving away a free iPad, right? Like that's like the default referral right. marketing. Hey, right. enter in. But it was core to your users. You understood your users. You love. You knew that they wanted these rare plants, and then you implemented it. So Abesh, it's yeah. all entirely Firebase. That's how you're able to build this whole thing out. That's a primary stack. Yeah. Oh. So I, fun fact, I was the original. So I, I, I built the app. I was the technical founder, the alpha, the second alpha I built. And so something I pride myself on is like, I constantly check like the lines of code in our app and how much of it was actually mine. The new stat that I look for is to get that down right now. I'm at like, I want to say like 60, 62% of the code base is like <laughs> under my name. And now the goal is to get that down to where our talented team of developers and designers can completely take it over. But you know, it was Firebase that allowed me to do that. Like, I, I think you know, I, I was really into Swift development and, and development like a year and a half, two years ago. And that was the main reason Flora was born. Like I love the idea of self-teaching and I had all this time on my hands with COVID and the pandemic. Um, and it, it was just, it, it made it so much easier to be able to know, you know, just the ins and outs of, of like technical development, product management, what to look out for in terms of, you know, new feature development and what to prioritize. Um, but now it's, it's, you know, I've taken a step back and it, it's, really allowed us to scale our development because we use Firebase um, as a platform, as a service. We actually, we used, um, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, MongoDB and Mongo Realm Sync. Um, they were super great to work with. Like what the benefit there was that we had access to their entire team and their product managers. 
Um, but for the sake of just like quickly building, especially on the iOS and Swift side, um, it just made more sense for us to switch to Firebase. And that's, you know, we've almost scaled up to, we're crossing 90,000, you know, active registered users soon here wow. um, in just a week or two. So, it's, you know, it's still been scaling and still been super affordable and cheap um, up to that point. That's awesome. I love it. Yeah. Joe asks, would referral links work well on an app that doesn't have user account registration? That's a good question. I think it'd be trickier because, you know, you, you do still want to, I'd say at the bare minimum, you still want to track people. Let's say you set up a referral link to where, you know, people, it's a static sort of thing. They, they click on it, they refer your friends, maybe they love the app, you know, a lot. It's, it's people that you know are active, you know, users. It's pretty easy to set up, right? A referral link is really just, it's a static link. You can, you know, link it up to a, a button in your app or section. And then at the bare minimum, you should at least track like what people, uh, if people are clicking on that section, if they're clicking on that button, so you can actually see usage of like the referral link. It's going to be harder for you to, to really gamify it and, and get deeper in, in the sense of integration of, of being able to count like, hey, are these users actually sending the links? Are people actually signing up? Um, you know, to, to make the gamification process work, to actually count like referrals and points earned and stuff like that, you would need to, you know, at least set up like a registration user account process there. But yeah, you can absolutely set up a referral process, you know, without user accounts. I would just suggest making sure you think through like, you know, are you tracking the right, you know, click-throughs? Are you tracking, you know, the actual success of, of that referral process sign up? Because then, you know, you're just kind of flying blind, right? You, you got to be able to, at least understand like, Hey, how many users are coming in? How many people are coming in through my referral system and through the links that are being shared? Like Rassi asks, what strategy have you seen the best results? Facebook app referral, word of mouth. ASL yeah. <laughs> it's, it's the, the, you know, million dollar question, right? And it's something yeah. we, we constantly pivot around like week by week. Um, but I, I feel like we've set up our own tranches and, and the first tranche of course is, you know, go for the stuff that's low hanging fruit. So like Facebook groups, Reddit groups, um, reaching out to your friends and fam, like posting, you know, as much as you can to get those couple of first hundred users. Those are absolutely essential. And, you know, you can even test things like in-app purchases and pricing for those first couple hundred users, even if you're in beta, right? Like, I think that's one of the biggest things not to go off a complete tangent here, but one of the biggest things I... I would say I regret in, in terms of like pushing live. And I know you've covered this on, on your show as well is get to, you know, pushing in-app purchases and pricing ASAP, no matter what, like if you can get to a point where you feel like you have enough feature parity and features to really have some sort of subscription or some sort of in-app purchases that you can test the sooner, the better, because then you can start pivoting and really making, you know, educated guesses of what sort of features people want for premium. So even with Facebook groups and free marketing of, you know, reaching out to Reddit groups and Facebook groups, you can still test that. Um, then after that, what I'd recommend that really worked out for us is ASO, right? Just doing the low hanging fruit stuff of spending a few hours, making sure that you've got the right screenshots, the right descriptions, the right, you know, keywords that people are actually finding your app, um, doing some research there so that it's, you know, cause at the end of the day, that's stuff you can all do for free. You don't have to, you know, go out and get an agency or, or get an export right away. It's something I recommend everyone kind of takes up for themselves. And then from there, what really worked well for us was Apple search ads in terms of cost per install. Um, so really owning in on, you know, who are your biggest competitors? Can you, you know, put in a higher cost per bid on, on competitor keywords? Like what are people really searching for when they're looking for their, you know, your app? 
uh, for Apple search ads, you could spend a minimum of like 30, 50 bucks a day just testing. And I, I guarantee you'll, you'll see some installs and, and some users come your way that are, you know, that are hot, that are looking for, that are warm leads, that are looking for the sort of app that they're, you know, you have. Um, and then after that, what's really worked out well for us is Google search ads. So my background is actually in digital marketing and, and paid user acquisition. So I actually run a digital agency that mainly does, you know, Facebook, Instagram, Google marketing. So I did have that sort of edge and, and that sort of advantage over our competitors and knowing that, hey, like we're able to refine our campaigns and strategies around like Google and Facebook and Instagram and whatnot uh, to really get those costs down. So Google search has been one of our best friends after we exhausted, you know, Apple search and Facebook and all that good stuff. And now we're kind of experimenting with Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. It's Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok have been sort of all over the place. Like we've also done some alternative channels like Snapchat, Reddit paid ads, Taboola. Um, but, you know, even testing, we've spent a couple of grand, you know, across all those platforms. And we've just seen like the cost per install and cost per user acquisition across Google and you know, Apple is still, there's such a massive pool for us out there to grab and, and, you know, really get that cost down, uh, before we go all out with like Facebook, Instagram and TikTok. Um, but again, like what works for us might, you know, not work for another app, like what works, what doesn't work for us might be a blue ocean for someone out there that's just getting started with their community or niche. Um, TikTok is a massive blue ocean, new opportunity in terms of, you know, just like, content marketing and paid, you know, advertising on that platform. I think that's still low hanging to medium hanging fruit, I would say in terms of paid user acquisition. Um, but yeah, Facebook groups to Reddit groups to um, Apple, you know, search optimization to Apple search ads and then Google search is how we did it. And it worked out really well for us in terms of, you know, the cost per install climb there. Yes. It means a lot. I mean, to hear it from you, because I've been saying, you know, that same tactic that you just laid out and thank you for laying out. So, beautifully but it means more coming from you since you have so much experience with facebook and instagram me i'm like this is what i know best so this is what i'm gonna promote <laughs> but it means a little yeah. bit more when you're like hey you know like we we know facebook we understand instagram we know google but you still went ahead and went with apple search ads was there a strategy behind it or did yeah. you end up just testing all of that and just being like well this one's just performing the best so far it was testing yeah okay. that's the biggest advice I, I can give to anyone it's just like hyper testing and and just putting stuff out there and seeing if campaigns work is is how we really succeeded and you don't need that much to be successful in both apple search and google search i would you know it is scary like putting money out there and, and seeing if something works out or doesn't but um the way we went about it was we were super methodical about it at the start like at the very beginning i was like hey what happens if we spend a thousand or two thousand on google search right like let's give it two weeks because you, you got to give it some time to actually play out. Um, you know, let's give it at least a minimum of 50 to a hundred bucks a day and, and see what mm -hmm. happens. And that's, that's how we got our first impressions. That's how we got our first kind of results of like, Hey, like people are actually coming to our platform and downloading, you know, through these Google search campaigns. And you'd be amazed at what just like a short test like that can, can really give you. And of course, Google was easy because we use Firebase. So that's that's a really important keynote there is that, mm -hmm. you know, a big, like a big issue that everyone out there is, I'm sure, facing in chat, like iOS 14 is a pain in the ass, man. Like everyone out there, I'm sure, is wondering the same things of like, attribution wise, how do I know if this is actually working out? And trust me, man, we've been through like every single play. We've been through AppSplier, Adjust, Segment, like 
we've done like direct integrations with like Google and Firebase to make sure we're getting the best we can in terms of, you know, cost per user acquisition and metrics to make sure we're not overspending, make sure we're actually getting results. And Google and Firebase made it easy because we had direct attribution there. We were able to really see like, hey, what are we paying per user, per install? We're even getting revenue numbers of like this campaign is bringing us, you know, this much revenue in terms of in-app purchases. But at the start, we were kind of flying blind. All we knew was number of users. We had a rough gauge of cost per install. But I knew from Google search, at least in terms of app installs and optimization, that it was it was really working out for us. Even the first like thousand or two thousand we spent, it was enough of a green light to where we knew, okay, we have enough. Let's keep it going consistently. And it wasn't until we really started testing pricing and subscriptions in like December, January, where we went all out with Google. We we went from just a thousand to two thousand in total to like a thousand to two thousand per day at, at wow. some point. So where we knew this was really working out for us. But again, like you got to be quick to pivot, right? Like now we're we're not spending that much. Like we're really actually focusing on referrals and organic and and really writing ourselves up for our Android launch. Um, so it's got to be you got to be flexible. You got to be able to like pivot real quick and test real quick. On Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok, it's very video heavy and and you know content heavy. Like you really have to know what grabs people's attention because, I mean, you know this like people have an average attention of like two to three seconds, right? On your post, on your, on your ads, like you got to be able to come out with a really decent like strategy of content and copywriting to really nail it on those platforms. Otherwise you're just burning money. You're wasting money on users that might not even be a good fit for your platform. So highly recommend Apple search ads and Google search ads first, because you're really able to get those warm leads and, and really figure out, you know, the first tranches of your user base before going all out with burning money at, at Facebook. TikTok, Snapchat, whatever it might be. And they're they're like the easiest to set up too. Like you just need keywords, right? right. So you said Google search ads. Talk to me how mm-hmm. you can set up that campaign because I'm familiar with Google ads <laughs> and the app install. So is it not an app install campaign? Is it? Sorry. Like, yeah, I should rephrase. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's an app installs campaign. Yeah. Okay. And gotcha. so Google's actually shifting a lot towards like, you know, app installs and maximizing yeah. like intent based, you know, kind of driven traffic. So they've done a great job of really setting up an ecosystem to where, you know, they've figured out their ways around iOS 14 and, and all that good stuff. And they're, they make it super easy for you to set up a campaign in like five minutes. Like you could yeah. literally set up an account, <laughs> set up a campaign in five minutes and yeah. you don't even need that much like content. Honestly, like our, I'm pretty sure we don't even have videos that are live right now. Like video ads on YouTube or Google are, much more expensive like you got to really figure out your video strategy before going all out with like video bids and all that so mm-hmm. we've got a few images some of our images are even like app store images that we took like images that we know have a clear call to action really describe our app well so it's not like we you know spent a bunch of money on creatives to really foster it um it was really just figuring out hey we have 30 characters how do we grab people's attention and our, our stuff is super basic. We literally just say like, save your plants, stop killing your plants. And with those headlines, you know, we know we're, we're going for a very specific customer segment there and it's worked out really well for us. So yeah, Google app install maximization is, is definitely the way to go there. I love it. I'm glad you, you, you broke it down so much because we have a client that we're working with where we've started to see really good growth with Apple search ads. We did ASO first. We've been ra- playing around with the monetization. Essentially what you've been doing, Abesh, we've been doing. And yep. then we're like, hey, how do we scale this? And we added like more countries in Apple search ads, but that doesn't really take yeah. off. And now we're like really 
okay, we got to go on Google. And so yeah. we're getting the video ad created, but yeah, Google is so easy. Headline description. You don't really need what I found working with our clients mm -hmm. is usually the text ads have the most impressions and clicks and installs anyways. You can add video, yep. you can add images. The videos tend to go on YouTube or their display network, but those don't get as yep. many impressions. Sometimes they do. They do really well. Yeah. But other times it's really the text stuff that are getting more the text. It's surprising. Ads. Yeah, it right? really is. Yeah. And, and the other thing with Google is like, you know, I, I used to be that kind of person way back in the day, especially starting the agency and stuff with like Facebook and TikTok, Instagram, Google, like where I'd have like dozens of ad sets and campaigns. I'd be like, I God, I would make it way too complex. And, you know, it all <laughs> comes down to keep it simple, stupid, right? Like it, it Google at, at some point we were testing like over 20 different ad groups and campaigns. And man, we literally have just two campaigns running right now that are bringing that. in like amazing cost for installs. I think like we've gotten it down to a science to where we're, we're only spending like maybe three to 500 bucks at this point per day on Google, but our cost per install is coming in at like a dollar 10 and, and below nice. it's, it's insane. And we've dialed that in and you know why we've kept it just, we've kept it super open for Google. We've literally told Google and I'll tell you the exact breakdown. Like at, at the beginning, we broke it down per country. We broke it down per language. We broke it mm -hmm. down per like, you know, intent based install versus intent based purchase. And now we're just saying, screw it. We're going to let Google do all the work because they're a multi-billion dollar behemoth with people way smarter than we are. Like they'll figure it out. Like they've got algorithms for all this stuff. And that's exactly what happened. We, we blew it open. So like we have one campaign that's UK, Australia, United States, and Canada. Um, mm -hmm. it's, it's maximizing installs, um, keeping it super basic to app installs uh, that are just like text, like you said. Uh -huh. And we just let that run and you let it run for at least a week and Google's able to optimize and then really get their algorithms working for you. And that's how our conversions went, you know, skyrocketed up our cost per conversions went down because mm -hmm. we let that campaign pick up data. And that's like, you know, the secret sauce behind it is you got to give it time. You got to give mm -hmm. it a, a static amount of budget and a static amount, a minimum daily spend to where Google's able to like really figure out who to look for and, and how to drive that, you know, conversion campaign for you. But yeah, simplifying it has, has really worked out well for us. And that's not to say we're not going to try new things and A-B test again and, and really open up our campaigns and budget down the line. Um, but simplifying in the case of even Facebook, Instagram, you know, and, and that even applies for TikTok is, is the way to go, in my opinion. Like, let them do the work for you. I love it. Okay. I want to spend one more time. So you said the campaign, it's, not op it's optimized for installs. And then did you put a cost mm -hmm. per acquisition goal? of a dollar, dollar something? Yeah, all? so I, I think our cost for acquisition goal is actually, we aim higher. So we, we do like $2.50 to three bucks or, or something like okay. that. Yeah. So we, we do about 50% above what we're comfortable with. But we know okay. that because Google, like their entire thing is to maximize based on that, like we won't actually hit that number. We know that mm. Google's gonna like over provide and, and you know actually give us a number way less than that. So, and I can definitely follow up with you. I can give you the exact kind of breakdown of the campaigns we have after this. That's great. Um, share what you like. Comfortable sharing, Avesh, but like, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No it, it's pretty interesting the way you set that up. And I, I fully, fully agree with you now. I, I was always of the mindset, like, let's be a little bit cheap because, you know, a lot of times we're running the agency, we're, we're spending other people's money. So I want to be more careful mm -hmm. with that. But I have found yeah. that you do need to let campaigns breathe. And I'm 
I just yeah. thought it was just an agency thing. So I didn't want to be like other agencies and be like, hey, we're going to have to spend for that yeah. first month and you're just going to have to expect. But it is true, though. It is, yeah. time. Right. It is just part of the story. And so I've, I've changed my view on things, helping a client scale Apple search ads where I'm like, oh, finding new tricks with Apple search ads that I'll share with you as well. But like and yeah. Yeah, you said it, too. It's like the competitors brands are converting really well for Apple search ads. And so like really yeah. in on that. Yep. And then I'll just share this. Like what I found is, you know, the suggested bid on Apple search ads, and sometimes they're really high, especially for like yeah. ones. Well, the brand right. wants to convert. Do you probably know? But what I try to do was I was trying to be super careful because again, I don't want to overspend, mm. but I did just, just change our bids to what that suggested bid was like about like five or 10 cents over the minimum suggested bid. And we're starting yeah. to see what you might have seen too, where with your cost per install goals is like the actual cost per tap is like under a dollar, like 50 cents sometimes. Yeah. Even though the maximum right. cost per tap is like 15. It's pretty crazy. Right. So I don't know what the it algorithm is, is doing, but yeah. that's what I found out. Yeah. That's a nice little hack. Yeah. I'm really glad you shared that because I we didn't figure that out until way later. And like we're yeah. just starting to kind of test that. And it's yeah. crazy. It's like it's a recommendation, but it's almost right. like a secret hack like yeah I, I recommend all of your viewers to try it out because it feels uncomfortable at first because you're like i really don't want to spend like five bucks an install that's crazy but right. the way apple works it's like hey like we just it's a recommendation our algorithms are going to like do our best to you know blow that out of the water um but i guarantee like competitors are doing the same thing so you might as well mm -hmm. you know cash in on that little trick so definitely a, a super useful tip there yeah. all right Espen says, "What with your background in Google Ads, what kind of cost per install is reasonable to expect?" Yeah, it's a great question. So I I think you know, and you're gonna hate this, but it, it depends on the industry. So mm -hmm. on our in our case, we're an education app. We're we're almost like a social media sort of app. And the thing is, like for us, we try to target at least like below a two dollar CPI is what works for us. Um, it's, it's, you know, kind of priced into our entire business model and pricing model. But for, you know, let's say you're a gaming app or you're like an app that has like a higher like subscription model, you really know that, you know, you've got your subscriptions figured out to where, you know, maybe your lifetime revenue for users like 80 bucks or hundred bucks or something crazy like that. You're able to afford like a $3 or $4 CPI. Right. Um, so for us personally, we shoot for below a $2 CPI and what this is the truth across most at least in my experience, most campaigns is that the more you spend, the greater your CPI becomes. And you think it'd be the opposite, right? You, you would think that, hey, the better we become at Google ads or Facebook or Instagram, the lower our CPI becomes. That is true to a point. I, I feel like that's true up to like 500 bucks to maybe a thousand bucks a day. You're really able to let those, you know, algorithms really optimize it for you to where you might be able to see like a great like $1.50 CPI up to two bucks of CPI. But the more you start spending, the more Google's trying to get like different pools of users, different types of customers. Um, you know, you might see a spike to where that becomes $2, $2.50, almost three bucks um, to where now you're optimizing for people that would do in-app purchases. So it becomes a different game, right? It's, I always think of this stuff like video games and because I'm a, I'm a gamer at heart and like, it's the same thing with Google. It's the same thing with Facebook and mar like marketing in general. Like there's going to be different levels. And the first level might be like what we chatted about earlier. Like you just unlocking free users through Facebook groups, Reddit groups, getting free users near the door, really figuring out what people are clicking on, what features are really selling, testing pricing with free users. 
And then next, it's going to be grabbing the low-hanging fruit with Google ads and Facebook and TikTok and Apple search ads, doing little hip, like tips and hacks to get to the next level of like, you know, even what Steve's saying about like utilizing some of these tips and tricks, even at the 50 to 100 bucks a day level. Um, but once you cross a certain threshold, it becomes a different game of, okay, how do we, you know, deal with higher CPIs in Google of three bucks, four bucks, and try to maximize in-app purchases so that we know even if we're paying higher for Google like CPI, we know that those users are actually converting to revenue. So it becomes a different kind of mindset and frame of thinking. You're then, you know, utilizing, you know, different, your sort of um, advanced analytics platforms to figure out like, you know, attribution-based marketing, you know, revenue-based, you know, attribution, all that good stuff. Uh, you're, you're basically leveling up in a sense, right? So at first I would keep it simple, like, you know, shoot for two to three bucks. And I would say, if you, you know, use that to really try to figure out, you know, the biggest thing that I'm sure we'll jump into is, is pricing, pricing pages and really figuring out your, your business model and your pricing model behind your app. Because at the end of the day, all of your metrics are on CPI and cost per user and all those metrics are going to be very closely tied to, you know, what is your pricing? What is your actual revenue model at the end of the day? Love it. Tired of overpaying for app store optimization? Get unlimited ASO and app marketing support to increase your keyword rankings, downloads, and more importantly, your revenue. Learn more at asomasters.com. Thanks for listening to the App Masters podcast. For show notes and amazing app marketing content, check out appmasters.co.